Are you an author who's tired of the long waits and low royalties? Exact Rush is here to change the game. We specialize in publishing with precision, and we get your book to market in just three to six months, not years. But we're not just about books. We also support your photography, web design, and content creation needs. Our focus ranges from spirituality to pop culture, and we're excited about our diverse lineup of upcoming releases. So if you're ready to keep more of your hard-earned money and get published faster, Exact Rush is your ticket. Visit exactrush.com and turn your creative dream into a profitable reality today. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And today, our world of creativity is the world of animation, and more specifically, kids show animation, and all the branding, the producing, the streaming, the channels. And yeah. we're going to talk about all those topics with my terrific guest, Rich Magallanes. Rich, go. how you doing? I'm good. How are you? It's good to be uh, here. Thank terrific. you. Terrific. We're catching up with Rich in his office, working on a brand new show, bringing Dora back in a whole new way. Dora's coming back. We're doing the CG reboot. She's been away for a couple of years, but she's always been beloved by the families and the industry and all around the world. It's something that's never really lost its steam. And at the same time, we're reintroducing her in a brand new way. That's again, CG animation, refreshed a whole new look, lots of updated music that's much more entertaining for today's audience, much more engaging. We're stretching our stories quite a bit, taking her into new areas that we haven't been before. And we still have all the the integrity of her as a character living in the rainforest. We're bringing in mommy and poppy and the entire family with Abuela and her little twin and all the usual cast in terms of Boots and Tico and Benny and Isa and even Swiper. Yeah, I so, love that. Yeah. Rich is the executive producer at Nickelodeon for uh, a lot of these yeah, kids programs. But as you mentioned to me uh, at the outset, Rich, when you executive produce, you've got the one show on your mind all the time. And just as you were describing, I think about character development. I think about story development. It must be uh, quite a constellation of thoughts you have every day. Yeah, you're constantly evolving and experimenting and executing your characters, your thoughts, everything that goes into the stories you think you write a script and then you just go into boarding or creating it, animating it. It's not really so true. Constantly, it's an evolution step-by-step -step process. And so Dora or any show that I've worked on before in the past, your growth, you're constantly growing it, testing it. Sometimes you realize, oh, it'd be better visually this way. That's where the board art really have a lot of fun. We encourage them to take the reins and follow the script, the guidelines. But if you have a, a a different way of doing it this way or something, we, we're open-minded to that kind of stuff. But yes. yeah, it's all-consuming. It's nonstop. Yes. You've worked on a lot of these uh, properties that have broad awareness. What were the particular challenges? As you said, oh, we're going to take Dora to a whole new you know level, to a whole new audience, as beloved a character as she already is. It, it's interesting because you never know how things are going to land. 
especially in today's world. There's so much content out there. And so in brainstorming about Dora and how do we take this to the next level, that's where I, I really feel like that's the important part. You have to ask yourself, what is new about this? What's exciting about this? What is the next step? It can't just, the answer cannot just be, oh, she's in CG. That's a great thing. But what are we doing now? And how are we getting there? And how are we going to be in her footsteps, following along with her on the ropes, on the floor, on the ground level, running through everything? So it's really, it's all about storytelling. And it's really about her relationships with the other characters and how she interacts with them and how they react to her. And then also, Door is a very tricky show. There's a lot of rules involved that get really complicated and at the same time, so simple. But there's a lot of interaction. Looking at the camera, she never forgets the audience is there with her. She invites the audience in on the ride. She will actually help for their, ask for their help to resolve some challenges or obstacles. And then there's the Spanish, where she introduces Spanish and the repetition of that. So it's a very, and she's always, she's always got to be in lead position too. And there's lots of wins and there's lots of heart and there's lots of comedy and there's lots of adventures. It's all that rolled into one good ball of goodiness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you've earned the trust of uh, taking care of Dora, having done Rainbow Butterfly, Unicorn Kitty, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, these are the classics. What were some of the lessons learned now that you're bringing into this uh, project? I think one of the biggest, I, I learned a lot. SpongeBob was like part of my upbringing at Nickelodeon. I started out at Nickelodeon as a, a little wee nobody. <laughs> I was actually a freelancer. You were just happy uh, to have a key to the front door. <laughs> and I was an assistant. And then I eventually worked my way up to, very long story short, to being senior vice president of the current series production department. And SpongeBob was always part of me doing that. I worked on SpongeBob, again, on a lower level, but coming out of season one, and I learned so much integrity about that character from the late, great Steve Hillenburg. He really had integrity for SpongeBob, the character, and the show in general. And just so many golden nuggets that I learned from him and, and that team about comedy and timing. And again, just integrity of a character. And then there's other shows like to jump many years later where uh, Nickelodeon had uh, purchased Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that was another reboot a giant one. And that was literally hitting that reset button, doing something new on a new level. And at the same time, keeping that integrity of all the characters. So I think when I think about Turtles and then and relate that to completely different show than something like Dora, but how do you take it to the next level? How do you reintroduce these characters that some people love and they don't want you to change them? Mm -hmm. But what are those things that people have always wanted to see? that maybe you can reintroduce or play with. And you got to push it to a certain level without losing who they are, without losing their identity. And go to those areas of uh, exploration and fun that people will come along with you on the ride for. Very tricky to do, but I'm, uh, very, very tricky. Fun. And I was thinking about how do we learn this? Are there principles? Are there yardsticks? Are there templates? Are there practices that... Sort of, you, you, it's just like uh, we've been talking about uh, running uh, as a hobby, but it's like you got to build the muscle, you got to build the endurance. So, in, in judging and deciding what's creative, what fits, 
What what does this character really mean? What are some of the guideposts that you use? I really just allow myself freedom to go to areas that maybe not may not be the best and then to back it out or to go there and just not judge yourself. Don't be afraid. I, a lot of times in the writer's rooms and so forth, people throw out ideas. We do it all day long. And then you realize halfway through your comment or your thought, this really sucks. <laughs> or you're like, this isn't really well thought out, but it's okay. It's conversation. And I think when you're in a writer's room, a really good writer's room, that you have freedom to do that. Those are the best situations because you're allowing yourself to throw it out there. But somebody might glob onto that and then add to it. And next thing, it's like this Lego thing where you're building this creature or this content that came from a little nugget. And then you might just take it all apart again, but then you might rebuild it. So there's allowing yourself the freedom to actually flow with stuff and not judge yourself, not censor yourself and to keep moving forward. I think that's forward, backwards. I don't care. Whatever it is. Yeah. You just keep <laughs> keep playing and playing like Play-Doh and keep throwing things on the wall. Eventually something will stick. And sometimes you get it right away. And sometimes, sometimes it takes a long time for you to come back and go, I got it. Yes. So, Well, and you're t- speaking about the team just in the writer's example, but boy, you look at the uh, credits on almost all of these animation uh, products, whether they're TV, whether they're movie, they go on and on. Hundreds of people involved in the production of these. And you find a way to be the glue in all that. Uh, what What is your secret and advice for us in our building teams that really helps keep these moving, but moving in the right direction? Yeah, I, I love this question because it, it's funny for me. I've always been a creative uh, a storyteller and a writer and so forth. And then I found myself at Nickelodeon is where I grew up in the animation industry and started out on the writing side of being a freelance story consultant, et cetera, and then went over to the network side. And as a network executive, I had to really find myself once I became an executive in charge of a production. Who am I? What am I going to do? And how am I going to be a leader and all that? And I realized early on, I couldn't be like my boss who she was this way. And then my other boss who was that way. I had to be myself. And I have a little bit of a rule of that if I'm not having fun doing something, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I just realized I'm a little bit of a jackass. <laughs> I'm in the room. I like to play, but I like to do things and get things done. I had to allow myself to be myself first and foremost. And I'm also a people person. The way I talk to you might be some way, some somewhat different than how I talk to someone else. It's not because I'm being fake or phony. It's because I need my message and my communication to be clear to you so that you can understand what I'm saying, so that you can actually react to me without being offended or putting up walls and blockers and so forth. I love having creative conversation. So I think part of it is be a good person, like literally, and be open-minded. And when someone's saying stuff to you that you don't like, try to get down that wall that you're putting up so that you can just hear what the content is. Because then you're able to respond to it. And if you can get other people to do that back to you, then you're having a good creative conversation. Yes. My guest is Rich Magallanes. 
And he is at Nickelodeon right now, executive producing Dora, the reboot, as we've been talking. Rich, you've talked about your sort of career upbringing and the mentors and bosses that you've had. When we met a few weeks ago, you've been talking about connecting people too, that there's so much, uh, especially in your business, of connecting and networking and who knows who and who needs to know uh, someone else. What what have been some of the things that you've tried to do and, and bring back? People helped you and now you want to help other people. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of helping people. Today, I'm meeting with people later. I'm I got several people on my calendar this week that I don't know who introduced me through. Hey, you should meet Rich. Hey, somewhat annoying sometimes (laughs) just because of my time, but, but I love doing it and I love helping people to achieve their goals or just take the next step or put them in a direction where they can go. I think part of that is you got to get out there in the world and you got to get into these communities whether they're communities like there's Latino communities that I belong to, that they're, they're very specific ones for your identity. People can do that. And then there's also, there's just animation groups and all getting on LinkedIn, put your file together and get on LinkedIn and then start. I get invites and requests all the time. I don't take them all, but if I see you're an artist and you're connected to other people and you start to build your, your own portfolio, your own profile, and it really, I think, helps. And that's what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago is after the pandemic, I was getting a little bit of, the, there's this giant animation market everybody goes to and I wasn't able to go. And I thought, I'm stuck here in town. I'm going to just get people together at a bar and see if they want to come. I'm just going to tell people I'm over here. And next thing I knew, it was a hundred people showed up. I they they told me beforehand. Thank God. Yes, they didn't just show up. I called That's it the good. animation shindig. Yeah, and I thought, oh no, now I got to be an adult and go get space because I can't just show up with a hundred <laughs> people and say I got eighty people behind me. Is that cool? And they would say, no, get out of here. So I actually went to a bar in North Hollywood called the Federal Bar, and I rented out space. And it was overwhelming. It was incredible. So. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And I love the title Shindig. Literally, we're just all showing up in this space. Oh, there's yeah. a writer. There's a voiceover. There's a producer. There's an animator. That's exactly what it was. I had everybody from voiceover actors to creators, producers, old school, new school, old school, new school. It was like agents. They were saying, oh, can I get my writers to come? Like people I didn't even know. And I was like, Yeah. And then when I saw people there, I was like, oh, Mark, have you met someone? You yes. got That's all I was doing. And it was just fun. It was just, I just love doing, I love introducing people. Yes. And I've uh, had questions like this from creatives, especially, like I say, in, in your industry. But it's like, what, what do you do after the shindig? Sometimes matters a lot. Uh, was there the follow-up? Was it a meaningful connection? What do you do next? I think even about your uh, get up on LinkedIn and make some connections. But, yeah. but how do you make those meaningful, productive, and ultimately profitable uh, connections? It's funny you ask because I'm going through something right now where we met at this thing called EmpowerCon. Mm-hmm. And I met so many people there. And I wasn't planning on, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But now I've been invited to several functions by following up with people and people following up with me. And it's so easy nowadays to text somebody. It doesn't have to be a big formal thing. It was just a, hey, it's so great to meet you. Thanks for everything that, you know, the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And because of that, like I went, I it just snowballed into 
a next thing and the next thing. Now I, I've been to a couple of other events, got another one coming up tomorrow. I went to something on Saturday and I met more people there and I'm doing the same thing. I got business cards and one guy even approached me and said, Hey, I would love to do a book. And I was like, on what? He's like, yeah. and I thought, <laughs> me, get out of here. But, but yeah, following up, like that's, that makes a difference. And again, it, whether it's coffee, whatever you can do to, I know people's time is really stressed and people are under a lot of pressure to get their work done and so forth. But you throw it out there and if somebody can't meet you, it's fine. At least yeah. they, you met them and you might see them at another function. And then that's where you come back in and, hey, like we, we remember we met over there and all that right. stuff. And you said the people trying to get to you. And as you mentioned, wink, sometimes it is annoying. But, uh, you know, the meaningful, again, I go back to something of value. Do they really know what you're looking for? Or do they just say, hey, Rich, I'd like my foot in the door. What can you do for me? That's not a two-way interaction, is it? Not really. Um it's okay though, just to let people know. If somebody just lets me know they want to do this thing, like I'm meeting somebody actually later today, and we're just gonna have a phone conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's literally a voiceover actor. And I know people. So I just want to hear what she has to say. And then I, I might be able to say, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to help you. I'm not the guy, but I'm not the guy, but you should meet Larry over here. When mm -hmm. Larry, I'm gonna introduce you guys. But I have to hear it depends. Like you hear like what somebody's expertise is or level of experience is. And then from there, you can determine, is it worthy of meeting somebody or is it saying, hey, classes, do this, do that? Or what kind of, is it elementary or is it advanced? Yes. I think, uh, as you mentioned, the Latino community, other identity or ethnicity groups, what kind of support do they need? And what are they looking for from a connection with somebody like you? I think they all need support. That's why they're out there doing their things. I can speak more specifically about what I've done a lot in my past is talking to, to kids. Mm -hmm. I've gone to mostly for Latino, underprivileged, underrepresented kids. And I did something. The last big one I did was in 2019 for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in San Antonio, Texas, where I was the keynote speaker for two days. One day was 2,500 boys. And it was, I think they were eight to 11. And then the other one was same thing, 20, like 2,300 uh, girls, same age. And at first I thought, oh, they're going to kill me. <laughs> you know, these are kids. And I've done it. I've done it for kids before. And sometimes they're on, they're loud and hyper. And, but it, it's great because you go there and here's my thing. I wish when I was a kid, Somebody held my hand and told me it was going to be okay. Somebody told me I could do something different because uh, I came from an underrepresented family and we were on welfare and we were not doing you know great. And I always never knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want mm. and I never wanted to go back there. And so sometimes you may not know exactly what you want, but if you know what you don't want, you use that as your guide. And so that's how my life worked for me. Yes. I think about those uh, boys and the other kids in your audience. Could they be looking and say, hey, Rich, it's easy for you. Look, you're an executive producer at Nickelodeon. But you're saying, hey, I wasn't always here. I, c I came from where you are. 
everything I have, everything, everywhere I've been, it's all been on me. Like I've earned everything and built everything. And I'm not even saying it's the best. I'm just saying I I could have been still working in a mailroom, which I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm not dissing anybody who works in a mailroom. I'm saying I wanted something bigger. I wanted something better. And that's what motivated me to keep moving forward. Yes. I think this is uh, the topics of the book, Rich. We got to get that book started. Yeah. You, you got those Maybe that's the title, right? Uh, yeah, there you go. It's on me. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about, and this is well known in Hollywood and in the creative arts in general, mailroom to buyer, to seller, to creator, to developer, to team leader and executive positions. What, what is that pain the dues kind of myth? And is it still there? And where are we in that creative climbing of the ladder? It's definitely there. I, I do believe you have to pay your dues, but it doesn't mean you have to suffer. It just means you have to keep being busy. Don't stop. Stay busy. Do what you want to do. And always, I, I got my way out of, <laughs> I'll tell you real quickly, out of the mailroom when I was working at a radio station way back after college. I had graduated and I had a journalism degree, but I was working in the mailroom. And I thought, this sucks. I'm, I'm actually, I got a degree and I'm working in the mailroom and I'm at a radio station and they got a newsroom right there. <laughs> so I actually took my degree because I was delivering mail to everybody and I had to deliver mail to the general manager. Mm-hmm. I put my degree in his mail. And so talk about being bold and taking a risk. And I thought, you know what? I walked by his office and he was looking at my, he was looking at my degree and I thought, I just kept walking by and he said, Hey, come here. So I went inside and he said, sit down. And he, he looked at me he's right in the eye and he said, smart, really smart. And then he said, what do you want? And I said, I want to work in the mailroom, sir. And he said, I'll see what I can do. And then two months later, I was in the mailroom. I was the youngest kid in that mailroom, the newsroom, mm-hmm. writing news. And I, so I was like, I'm doing it. And it was, it's just, you have to take a chance you got to keep moving forward. You got to think, how can I get in there? Not by applying sometimes the, the normal way. Sometimes you got to go other ways. I've gone to bosses at Nickelodeon and said, hey, I just want you to know I'm not putting any pressure on you. I want you to know right now that I'm interested in being here. I would like to move up. And if I'm doing anything that you don't see me moving up in, a, in the right way, let me know and I will correct it. Or if you see me doing the right things now, I will continue to do them. Any kind of advice you can give me, I will, I'm will. i open ears and I want you to know that I would like to move up eventually. Mm-hmm. And they people respond to that. They say, wow, that's great. Now they know you're on their, you're on their radar. Yes. Instead of just hoping to be recognized. No, yeah. do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's how I've moved up the ranks. I did it one time to a boss so much. So I would say, hey, Laura, I see her in the, and she said, Richie, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, so the minute I got that, I said, okay, my, my job is done here. Great. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> We've been talking with Rich Magallanes. Uh, he's the executive producer at uh, Nickelodeon Animation on the new CG series, Dora. It's a complete reboot. It's a great look. I've seen some of the videos. Can't wait to hear what the streaming platform and plan is going to be, where the network is going. What do you see in these 
sort of new channels, new mediums for shows like Dora. What is the new opportunity? I think it's hard to tell. There's so much content nowadays. It's really, as an adult, how much stuff do you watch and how you're flipping all over the place from all the different streamers. And the other day I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, this one's on this streamer because I don't want to give names right now. Yes. Yeah. And I said, ah, it's the only one I don't have. And I, I was like, oh gosh, it's like insane. But I think when it comes to Dora, it's universal. We have a, a brand and by all means, I did not create the show. It's an amazing property and it just clicked with the universe. Mm -hmm. And so it's a worldwide franchise. It's a brand. It's people that just families enjoy, not just kids. I really think something like that is key with what we're doing right now. We have music is just really strong and entertaining and catchy. And I think kids are going to come back for the music, but also adults are enjoying it. So we do our research and so forth. And we're hearing from adults and they're also enjoying the characters and the stories because there is a lot of kids are watching a lot of YouTube stuff. And a lot of it is not really with sustenance. And so we are trying to give you a good story, good moral value, heart, comedy, and adventure. And again, it, all that stuff is, and you're in on the ride. So it's a lot going on, but it's good quality. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the key difference for a lot of other shows that we're producing. Yeah. I've seen a lot of clips on YouTube. It, it looks beautiful. The sound is great. And the, the story, of course. I think I'd like to end here, Rich, with the question about kids programming and kids stories and kids properties and brands. How do we find, there's so many listeners I've heard from, kids authors, you know, filmmakers, animators, and storytellers of all kind. Where do we find that balance, that line between marketing to kids, so to speak, and that crass commercialism and telling great stories that uplift kids, which we need in the world tremendously right now. Yeah, I, I think they're completely two different things. The marketing to kids, that's a whole other machine. And I think if we do our part in telling wholesome stories, again, with lots of heart and a moral value, you can only market it one way with a good message. And for me, I believe in delivering something solid to the network, no matter what show it is. So it, even if it's something like high-end adventure and action like Turtles, but it's got to have its comedy and it's got to be, again, safe for that audience relatively. And then if you want to go a little risky and go a little more outside the box, like the recent movie was and so forth, that's all great too. But I think the marketing really hinges on the product that you've created. And I can't speak to the way people, the way networks and the bigger productions tend to market because they do want to get the ear to people and have people, it, it has to be catchy. Mm -hmm. You have to draw people in one way or another, right? And again, I think that is through one good look, great feel, great storytelling. And if you have comedy in there, comedy is gold comedy translates worldwide action can do the same a little tougher but that's for animation and for the business i'm in i am more of a slapsticky kind of guy <laughs> i have to control myself quite a bit when i'm working on the preschool shows or the younger shows but but i the bottom line is have fun how can you do slapstick that's on a younger level and that's how i think about it 
And I think that gets people's eyeballs and it gets their attention. So I hope good. that answers your question. Oh, it definitely does. Rich, uh, thanks for sharing all your experience. Listeners, we've heard today from Rich Magallanes. We, we've heard about career development. We've heard about team development, creative development, story development. We've gotten so much insight from your experience, Rich. Just can't thank you enough for the conversation. Ah, it's a pleasure, man. I love doing this. Thank you for, I'm so glad I met you. Yes. And thank you for having me on. And that's the number one thing I think that we take away, right? is that we put ourselves out there. There's probably a lot of things we could have been doing on a Saturday morning. There's a lot of places I could have been. Why I went from Boise to LA on that day to meet people like you, time will tell, but we put ourselves out there. That's exactly the point. That goes right back to what we were saying earlier about just getting out there and doing something and then hanging out and seeing what's gonna happen. You never know. Yes, very good. Listeners, come back again next time. We're going to continue these around the world journeys. We, we love to talk about how we get inspired, how we organize ideas. We've heard some of that today, but ultimately, certainly the connections, but ultimately the confidence to launch our work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we'll be unlocking your world of creativity. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only $0.99. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer.